This episode is generously supported by our friends at HIT. HIT's focus is to provide distributors with incredible service, competitive prices, and a large inventory of ethically sourced products. As a family-owned business with a long history, HIT wants to build real relationships. From start to finish, HIT partners with its distributor customers. HIT has the capacity, the capability, and the commitment to execute even the most complex projects. HIT is nimble and is able to quickly make decisions, make changes, and get you to market fast. HIT introduces hundreds of new items per year and is dedicated to continuing to lead our industry with first-in-class service, a passion for strong bonds, and a commitment to social accountability. HIT is here to make it happen. Have the conversation about packaging and about ensuring that the goods are received intact and in good shape. And that's actually the start of the sustainability conversation with packaging. And a lot of folks, sometimes we'll get pressure from our clients, like, we don't want any packaging. I'm like, well, are you willing to sign a waiver? We haven't even talked about shipping this stuff around internationally, domestically. Does it have lithium ion batteries, hand sanitizer? Have you seen the FedEx book? Mm -hmm. It's pretty thick. Hi, I'm Ashley from Promo Kitchen, and I'm joined today by Denise Tasharu from Fairware and Alex Sims from Chameleon Light. And we're going to be talking about the issue of overpackaging in our industry. And I know this is a big, hot topic right now, so I'm excited to dive in and start getting your insights on this. So let's start with Denise. What are some of the issues that you're seeing now? Well, I think packaging has been one of those issues that's kind of haunted our industry for years. And it goes part and parcel with this reputation of landfill fodder or brand fill. You know, we've been talking a lot about that in the past few years. And packaging is one of those things that even if the product itself is awesome and sustainable or refillable or reusable, it'll often land to into our clients' hands over package. And that's our first experience, right? And I think that we've seen so many leaps and bounds in the area of sustainable products and sustainable operations in our industry, but packaging is still lingering. I feel like it's kind of the next frontier for us. And I think from the perspective of a distributor dealing with those end users, it's often the first thing they see in touch. And I think a lot about Starbucks and having a good friend there who led their sustainability charge for years. and he was haunted by the cup. And for Starbucks, the cup at Starbucks is actually a really small part of their environmental impact. Their big impact is water, it's climate. They have much bigger fish to fry as a brand from a sustainable footprint perspective, but the cup is what the consumer sees. So they always had a ton of pressure on trying to manage recyclability, recycled content, reusability, et cetera, of the cup. Even though it wasn't substantively or materially the big issue they needed to tackle from an environmental perspective. And I think packaging in our industry can be kind of the same thing. You know, just to give a little more context, we don't have the same kind of drivers in our industry to accelerate change. And another initiative that I think is a good example for us to think about is Walmart. 
And Walmart started a packaging scorecard in 2007. In 2021, just recently, they kind of raised the game into circular packaging, meaning that packaging would kind of come into their system and leave their system and products would come back into the system in the same packaging, like a circular process for packaging. But in 2007, when that first scorecard came out, I remember so clearly, it put their vendors on notice. And how fast innovation happened because Walmart said, no more blister packs, no more multi-composite materials that are hard to recycle. Once they put that in writing and made it a kind of essentially a criteria to be a vendor with Walmart, innovation poured in to the packaging sector in retail packaging. So we haven't had a moment like that or we don't have a driver like that. I do think there have been some innovations we're seeing. For example, we don't open up boxes of drinkware and see packaging like poly peanuts anymore. Like those days are gone. We used to just like die here at Fairware when we get those boxes mm-hmm. full of like styrofoam peanuts. It would be like, oh my goodness. You know, you're seeing like pulp and fiber and some great innovation around ceramics. That's been awesome. So I think the industry is moving, but I would say that we need to move faster. And it's literally the next frontier for us from a sustainability perspective as an industry. I would totally agree. (laughs) Just one thing on that I would like to know from both of you is, are you hearing more requests for this from the end user, from your clients, Denise? Absolutely. We had one of Canada's largest telecommunications company, kind of like our AT&T, have a conversation with us where they were thinking of the many, many retail locations across the country, as you can imagine. They were thinking about models where for their promotional products distributors, they were considering making them send their merchandise with a return shipping label. And the retailer that would get the merch for their activation or event could take the merch out, put the packaging back into the box, throw a return label on it, send it back to the distributor to deal with. So absolutely, it is something that our clients are asking for. We do a lot of work, for example, where we try to look at the region the product's going to land in and what can actually be recycled in that region. Can they recycle number five film? Well, if so, it's like, let's match the packaging to the capabilities at the back end. But it's been an issue forever for our clients. We actually have had situations where we've staged product, where we send product to like a fulfillment or a staging area, including our own offices, manage the packaging and then forward it on to the client because we know they'll lose it if they get the product packaged in the way that it's coming from our vendors. Mm -hmm. We call them packaging interventions. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that we talked a little bit about driver earlier and there being a little bit of not a driver within our industry, but I think it's really the end user that is the driver in this particular case. We're being asked for it. We're asked for documentation, certification, everything that goes into, and I kind of joke a little bit about this, like the young people, they want to save the world and they're very authentic in it this time. And we get to ask a lot of those types of questions. And as Denise said earlier, us for a company that does do some fulfillment and we do do some kidding and we do receive a lot of product from third parties, the packaging has completely changed. Now, we want to make sure that we protect the product as it's getting in transit, but there's other things that we can do too. Like we set up multiple FOB points for those staging areas so you know we can kind of offset some of the carbon footprint and how we ship it to even being able to make sure that the products are sustainable when they go out the door very authentically. So 
yeah, it's definitely a driver that we're seeing, not so much from the perspective of our industry, but from the actual buyers themselves. This matters to them. And I think it's important that our industry kind of pay attention to it and do what we can to minimize the packaging. So you mentioned this a little bit, Alex, but what are you doing from a supplier's point of view to protect the products, but use less packaging? How can you do that, especially with something that normally would be wrapped in something else? Yeah. Sustainability has always kind of been embedded in our corporate DNA. You know, a lot of people don't like to pay for sustainability packaging. You know, this was a while back. And when this really became something that came to the forefront, we were already working in the back of the house to be able to minimize all of these things. For instance, getting away from single-use plastic, which was a big thing. You know, used to shrink wrap journals. You know, we don't do that anymore. Or the way that you do the packouts. And so we went through all of our different SKUs, maximized the packout for the packaging so that you get the most out of a carton. And so little things like that make a big, huge difference. We're also interested in the recycle content of a master carton, a recycle content and the type of fillers that we use, recycle content and the type of paper that we use, and a lot of other things that we can do to become better stewards. So it's definitely something, like I mentioned, that was kind of embedded in our corporate DNA. We'll continue to work on that. We'll talk a little bit later about some other things that we're doing as well. But you know, we're not perfect. And I don't really think anyone is. But as long as we try to do our absolute best to be able to minimize the amount of waste that's being produced and a lot of other things as well, too, we can continue to move the needle forward and do good things. You know, Alex, when I say we're not perfect, I think one of the things that I always encourage other distributors to talk about with their clients is just that, like, don't pretend that you are and bring them along the journey. And I do think it's worth repeating that damaged product is profoundly unsustainable, mm-hmm. right? Like that is a critical premise. And being able to have the courage to have that conversation with your client to say, look, at, we need to get your merch to you in a way that is acceptable and intact. And that means not just the product not having the handle broken, but having the graphics not scratched, et cetera. So there's a lot of things that are worth talking about with the clients. And for our sales reps, we really encourage them like, have the conversation about packaging and about ensuring that the goods are received intact and in good shape. And that's actually the start of the sustainability conversation with packaging. And a lot of folks, sometimes we'll get pressure from our clients, like, we don't want any packaging. I'm like, well, are you willing to sign a waiver that you will accept up to a certain percent of potentially damaged or scratched logos, et cetera? And it kind of makes them take pause. And it's like, you know, this is a big conversation. And I don't think we can underestimate the power of being honest. And anyone who's heard me speak before, I I love this word called flossom. And it's like awesomely flawed or like flawed awesomeness. And we use it here a lot. Like we're flossom, you know, like we're just doing our best here. And some of our greatest successes have been when we brought the client in in the conversation to say, hey, this is how this usually is packaged from this vendor. We're going to work with them for this project to try and shift packaging. And I would say that seven out of 10 times, it fails. The product still shows up over packaged because we might have gotten the memo and the PO in and the waiver signed and our sales rep was all on board and whoever else we could talk to was on board. But the people who packaged the product that day on the line did not get the memo. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because then you talk to your client. You're like, look at all the things we did and it still didn't happen. This is a hard journey. And then they feel like they're on it with you and they're like, oh yeah, that sucked. Like, it's so hard. But it's, they're with you 
and they're part of both the success and the failure. So that's something I always encourage our team to do or for other distributors. Just have these hard conversations and bring your clients along for the ride. And it's a bumpy ride and they're going to be there with you. And it'll create a connection and a loyalty with your clients that will keep them with you. Right. I think that your term, their journey is spot on. It really is. Mm. Uh, We're all going through this together. We all know where we want to be. And it's not as always as easy as just being there, right? You got to go through that journey and a lot of things that you have to do, like in our particular case, the amount of investment dollars that we've had to invest in doing a lot of the things that we've done to become a more sustainable company is just something that is a journey. It just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex, you mentioned some of the things that you've done as a company, and I'm going to jump around a little bit and ask you a bit about that process since you just talked about it. I know that you're FSC certified. Chameleon like is. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that process was like? Yeah, so we're actually working on that facet. We could have partnered with the FSC certified companies, which we do, but we really wanted to be FSC certified ourselves. We are a maker. We are a maker with style. We don't subcontract a lot of our services. Everything's done in-house. So if we're going to be FSC certified, we want to authentically be FSC certified. We don't just want to use partners who are so we're going through that process right now. It admittedly is a long, drawn-out process, and we're going through that just like we're going through our B Corp as well right now. We really hope to become a B Corp before the end of August. But there's so much that goes into it from efficiencies in your lighting to profit sharing to completely like 360-degree review. There's just so much that goes into that, and we thought it was going to be easy. We're like, yeah, I would just be a B Corp. It's going to be great. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) Having just gone through our like fourth assessment. Yeah. But you know what it's done for us? At the end of all of this, we're not just going to be B Corp. Our entire employee base is on board for this. It has brought us all together. It has brought awareness in people's personal lives on how they do things. And although this was very expensive, it really was. It was the right thing to do. It also has brought awareness to everyone within our company of what's important and what we can do personally and professionally to be able to get on board. B Corp's like sustainability. Sustainability is not just being eco-friendly, right? It's the social impact. It's being corporately socially responsible. Sustainability is such a huge, broad term. So those are some of the things that we're doing right now. It is a learning process, almost a day-by-day basis. But when we have our whole team out there doing a community involvement project at a prairie or a beach cleanup or whatever, you really kind of start to see that we're not just doing it for the term. We're really doing this because it's bringing our company together. It's really enhancing our company culture, which is something that, in all honesty, I'm not sure that we knew it was going to happen. But it's been wonderful. That's really cool. Yeah. It's interesting to think that something like talking about sustainability can bring your team together because everyone suddenly feels like this little thing that they're doing creates more of an impact because you're doing it together. So every choice that you make throughout your day in business and even in your personal life can make an impact. It's really cool. Yes, it's been great. It really has. So I can take a little spin now and talk about kidding. And I know kidding was king the last couple of years. Are you both still seeing a lot of kidding opportunities in our clients? wanting more of that? And are they eco-conscious in that decision? I know from us, from a, like a, you know, end buyer perspective, it is all day long still, like tons and tons 
of kits. I think people are still dealing with hybrid workplaces. They're pulling together employee engagement kits, you know, conference kits, et cetera. And it's actually kind of the great irony right now is that we're getting more pressure and more asks for sustainability, sustainable products, sustainable processes, and we're getting more asks for packaging. So it's kind of a funny conundrum in our industry. I think there's this the whole unboxing experience. I think merchants having their moment. People want a retail experience with their merchandise. So it's kind of hilarious. Like some of the clients who have been pushing us the hardest on sustainability are now like, but it needs a belly band. And also, can you put this in it and that in it? And it needs to be in a box and this, that, and the other thing. So it is kind of funny. It's an interesting tension, I think. And so for us, absolutely, we're pulling together programs that have sustainable packaging in them. So whether it's the fill, the void, the dunnage, you know, all these words we've learned in the last two years that we never knew what they were, that's the way we're approaching it. And I think there's a couple of things here. One is that packaging gives real estate. We're in the marketing industry. It's what our business does well. So there's a role to play. There's a benefit to the clients to be able to have that little story, right? And whether it's a story about why the recipient is awesome, whether it's a story about their brand, whether it's a story about the product and the supply chain, to show the end recipient that you've thought about this. And we're seeing a trend towards that, leveraging the packaging to tell the story about the product so that people understand the level of authenticity, to use you know Alex's point, in the collection. We are getting asked often now to put a little card in gift boxes that we do about us about our company, about what we're doing so that we're reflecting their values in their gift packages. So I think that's kind of an interesting piece for us. And, you know, it's continuing to focus people away from foam inserts into like a recyclable or something where there's an end of life. So there's a lot of work that goes into like, what could the packaging look like? We're also seeing some really interesting inks, like algae-based inks are emerging both in apparel, printing, and in packaging. So I think there's a lot going on there, but to me, it's kind of this hilarious conundrum of, I want super sustainable this, but package it all up, you know? So I don't know, you know, I think, you know, you should tell the story of Pact and how that's been going, because I think that just will tell us everything we need to know about how people are super into packaging. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the ride, if I refer to it as that, has been crazy. Coming into the packaging space pre-pandemic, we were just going to put journals in boxes. It was going to be great. Maybe we do some kidding and it'll be fine. We'll have fun. And then it completely changed. Experiential marketing has just exploded. You know, these are influencer kits, new hire kits, and I won't try to be all salesy, but this really the most memorable projects that I can really think that we've been doing that have had a lot of success and a lot of impact is really authentically being sustainable and not just the packaging or the inks or the type of filler, but also the product inside. And what packaging has allowed people to do is to source products very easily outside the industry, brands and small makers and people with cool stories and social impact, and be able to create a collection that's not your traditional promotional product, but everything has its story and it flows and it creates an amazing experience. You know, we use recycled chipboard. We use recycled e-flute. We have 100% recycled foam. Got 95% recycled foam that can be plastic number four, recycled. Eco-shred, eco-fetty. 
So what we've really tried to do at Pact is not just be a fulfillment company, not just be a kidding company, but do something, do it intentionally, make it very relevant to the use of the product, but also to keep sustainability in the forefront as well, too. And so it has definitely been a learning experience. We haven't even talked about shipping this stuff around internationally, domestically. Does it have lithium ion batteries, hand sanitizer? Have you seen the FedEx book? Mm-hmm. It's pretty thick. You know, so this whole process too doesn't even take into account that there's some kidding concierge in the back that's helping you place all the product and making sure that it's appropriately all placed. How is it going to ship? Is there drop shipping? Does it have personalized fulfillment? Not everybody can do it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's hard. It's tough. But it's something that we found that this fits us and fits us really well. And it's a continuation of our mission and our story that we're makers. So that's kind of our experience with it. You probably have seen all the sustainable type of fillers that we do provide. We even take e-flute, put it through an industrial shredder and use that as alternative crinkle. I mean, how cool is that, right? I love it. Just little things that we have done to really be a made in the USA, do it authentically, do it sustainably, and do it for good. That's really kind of been our mission. That's really awesome. So I also work at Spectre, and we have a big mission towards sustainability. And it's been very eye-opening joining the sustainability committee and learning all the pieces that go into it and all the little things that none of us really advertise, but it's there if somebody wants to learn more about it. And there's more that we can all do. I guess to kind of close this out, would you say that there's any tips and tricks that people could do to minimize packaging when they're talking to their clients or when they're working with their suppliers if they're a distributor? Yeah, I think for me, you know, Alex kind of touched on this in his last comments. It's thinking about the end of life. So Alex was talking about foam and moving to a recycled foam, which is amazing. But even more amazing is that it's a number four. And if you have the ability and capabilities to recycle a number four plastic in your community, that is an enormous win. So I think talking to your clients, understanding where they are, understanding what's available in terms of infrastructure in their communities to package in materials that have a kind of end of life solution in that community, because there's nothing worse than having someone bundle up a package of packaging and throw it in a garbage can as a brand experience. So enabling people to at least bundle it up, put it in a blue box or get it to their recycling station is a win, right? So don't stop at what's in the packaging, stop at where the packaging is going to end up at its end of life. That's probably the number one tip. And then the other thing I mentioned to this, you know, I would say, don't be afraid to talk to your clients. Don't be afraid to talk to your clients about the fact that there is a lot of overpackaging in our industry. We're working on it. You're part of the solution as a client to create demand, as a distributor, create demand, and then ask your suppliers. Bring it up with suppliers all the time. Give them kudos when they innovate on packaging. When you open up that box that used to be peanuts and now it's like a fiberboard something or other that's like everything fits snugly into, send kudos to them and say, this is a great win. Thank you for whoever decided to innovate in this way. Put it on the POs. Think about like sending signals in a really clear way to your suppliers. On a PO, please package in 100 units per poly bag, not individual package. They might not do it, 
But if they start to see those things on POs from some of the big players, it's going to get some attention where attention is needed. So those are a couple of the tips that I would recommend just, you know, and be flossom and be honest about it. Yeah. That's awesome. I would say continue to challenge the suppliers. Continue to challenge them. Our industry is traditionally commoditized. Like there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of different types of products. Products are made in China. Products are made overseas. Challenge them. How can we really work together to become a better sustainable type of industry? I'll give you a good example. We do boxes. You guys know we do boxes. If you want that box to ship out in a pristine condition, you used to have to put that box in another box. How wasteful is that? You know, we found a really cool maker. They're not even in our industry. They're called Better Packaging. They make 100% black compostable bags. Compostable bags. So now you just put that box in that bag and you minimize waste. You minimize the amount of money that it takes to ship it. It's sustainable and it's authentic. How many other companies within our industry could use that same thing? And so I think that it's collaboration. It's sharing of information. It's doing more things like this to bring awareness. But there's so much more that we can do in our industry to minimize the amount of packaging and the waste that we create and that we need to continue to drive that needle that way. It's really, really important. That's what I would say. And I would say, you know, collaboration. If you're working on a project that does have some kind of collection that involves a box, reach out to the supplier, be transparent, let them know what's going in the box. Maybe we have ideas for you as well, too, that can minimize that packaging that you might not have ever thought of. So. I would just probably say engage the suppliers more and more as we can. Those are great answers. I've learned so much from the two of you in this almost half an hour. So I can't wait to get this out to everybody else to learn from the two of you. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.